Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, welcome to episode 64 of the Property Magicians podcast. My name is Vangile Makwakwa. Find me under Wealthy Money on Facebook, Vangile Makwakwa on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I help uh, women of color heal ancestral money traumas so they can fall in love with their bank accounts and live their best lives. But I'm also the host of the Property Magicians podcast. And with me is my amazing and gorgeous co-host. <laughs> I love that. Mm, I'll take that. Gorgeous. Yeah, I'll take that. Mm. I'm Dr. Miranda. I'm Dr. Miranda Prop Doc Mom on all the media platforms. Mm? Insta, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. And I'm a property mentor for beginner property investors. I am the co-host of Property Magicians podcast and totally excited i'm like a child in the candy store because whenever we have a lovely lovely guest i i get excited so then how have you been doing i've been doing very well Mizo. so you know Mm. like i i'm kind of in the middle of back at um looking at land in sri lanka so guys uh, Yes, Sri Lanka is a tourist country, right? And we talk about this in the podcast with Christian, guys. You're Mm. in for such a treat. But um, just like in most countries, I just, it hit me this week how deeply impacted this country has been by COVID. Restaurants are shut down, hotels are shut down. Um, it's like a ghost town in most of the tourist parts of Sri Lanka. Shops that were for tourism are shut down. Oh my I, God. It's, it's yeah. devastating. And yeah. I mean, Sri Lanka has had two intense lockdowns, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. country has been shut off for tourism for almost 10 months now. They had to yeah. make that decision to protect the people, right? Um, so, and I respect that. And so it's just such a balance. And now I'm also thinking, do I want to go into the project that I had originally planned mm-hmm. before even June, 2021, right? Like I've been looking yeah. for that for a while and now for a while. Like, mm. Mm, everyone that I'm talking to, I'm like, I can't make a decision until June, 2021, because a lot of what I have planned is also dependent uh, on tourism, not on travel, on travel. But it is dependent on airlines and travel. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's intense. And how have yeah. you been? What's going on with you? I've been great. I've been great. We are in the second wave officially our beaches have been closed uh, they are shut down from yesterday until the 3rd of january we're going to see how that's going to work and i've been working in katu a small yeah. little town north it's called the northern cape right yeah so it's very close to botswana border close to the nairobi border so very very hot place but very charming property prices are hectic there and the rental prices are 
massively high. So I'm just looking at this with fascination because I've got a property mentee who is who <laughs> I met for the first time in 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 Katu. So absolutely you know, charming and, and an exciting time for a property mentor yeah. because you learn about a province through your mentees. You yeah. learn about things that you hadn't even thought of as a property mentor because that's what happens when you're a mentor. So yeah. very exciting times and very worrying wow. stats on covid so um, interprovincial travel has been allowed because I'm sure people have been locked down for over, for 10 months now. So they need to yeah. go and see their kids and parents. So very, very alarming times. Yesterday in South Africa, which means mm. the 16th of December, we had 10,000 new infections. No. Yeah. Wow. You know when Sri Lanka got to 10,000 overall on the island? That's when they shut us down for that six-week period a little while uh, yeah. ago. Because I've been that. out of lockdown for like 14 days now, right? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, oh, my God. And we could not even go to the street. Walking out onto the street, there was the army, and people will ha- and the army would be like, what do you Where want you on going? the street? What business could you possibly have in such intense times? <laughs> That's literally what the army was saying. Like, That's what it. is out on the streets That's for you it. that is not in your house? I was like, That's yo, it. these people are intense. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, you know, we are learning to navigate level one with addenda. That's what it is called because um, it is a, it is a toss up between shutting down the economy totally to curb the infections. And then the hotspots have been hard hit with this level, level, level one with addenda. So let's see how it goes. We're going to have to be extra super vigilant this December and it's going to be a different one. So we're watching the situation. Yeah, but it's been exciting. And I spent time with family yesterday. I had all sorts of family from all sorts of provinces. And yeah, we recorded the the podcast while I was at a beautiful, charming place. Another use of real estate in the most interesting way. Yeah. So we had the whole lodge to ourselves, the whole family. Nice. I love that. And speaking of which, our guest is actually from around that area. Before we started off this podcast recording, guys, our guest today is Christian Janssen, and he is a consultant that helps, um, he also helps with residential funding, but one of the one of his core strengths Specialties. is commercial property funding, right? Yeah. We don't talk a lot around commercial property funding. And um, I met Christian through my current deal, the current deal that my sister and I are working on in mm-hmm. South Africa um, around buying a building. And he was he just blew my mind with all the information that he knew. And Misa kept saying, I know Christian, I know Christian. Christian is brilliant, you know, like, yes, yes. And this is just the thing about this network, you know, how we keep saying property is a network business. It is the person that you meet and who makes an impact. And he has been packed in my mind. Funny, I had not thought of him as a, as a possible guest. He's packed in my mind because we were talking about something else, something commercial, commercial that is totally outside of, 
the conversations that I have. Now here he yeah. is and you are in for a treat. If you're looking for yeah. to buy a whole building for 10 million, 6 million, whatever, Christian is your man. Yeah. He is not going to just walk you through it. He's going to make sure you get the finance. Yeah. He really packages yes. your deal and makes it palatable yes. to the banks because he knows what the banks are looking for. So oh, yeah. 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 Yes, I can't wait, you. guys. Get your pens Thank and you paper oh, yeah. in poetry. Thanks so much, Madile. And uh, Mizo, it's great to be here. It's good to see you again. <laughs> it's good to see a familiar face at a different place. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So welcome to the podcast and thank you for doing this. I, I probably have never come across a more generous person with information than Christian. We are in for a treat. Let's go. Yeah. So Christian, welcome. I know you because you're in the process of working with me on a deal. You are now officially part of my team. <laughs> we, like literally the minute I met you, I was like, yeah, you're my person energetically. We vibe, like, <laughs> got you. But please tell us about yourself. What do you do? Uh, we know that you're into commercial property funding, but you also help people with residential funding. We brought you on the podcast for commercial property funding. So please come share with us about what you do, who you are, what you do in the commercial property financing space, and also share with us about 360 Finance what your company does. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm Christian Janssen and I'm franchisee of At360 Finance Mainland. So we're a boutique financing intermediary service. So basically what it comes down to is we go and find money for our investors and our clients. And mm -hmm. we have quite a wide bouquet of products. Uh, I'll rather refer you to the website for that because it's quite a lengthy list to just... Uh, number one by one here. Uh, but our core focus is primarily based on property-related financing. So be it residential properties, we've got your normal bond origination type services taking place, or on the other side of that, then commercial property finance, uh, where I deal with quite a lot of uh, property investors. I then assist them with uh, putting together their whole commercial financing proposal and we then facilitate the financing applications to all the different banks. Personally, I'm a property investor focusing on building a portfolio that will one day uh, exceed my actively earned income. And then outside of that to break away, if, if I have the opportunity, I'm out in nature, um, be it by hiking, uh, rock climbing, or just exploring places on my mountain bike. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, never heard of 360 Finance, but I keep telling everyone that I was telling Van the other time when she was so angry with her bank that there are the big four, yes, indeed, but I have discovered that there are over 90 other finance houses can find money. I discovered that myself this year, so <laughs> interesting. Interesting about 360 Finance. We're going to hear a little bit more about that. So, mm. Christian, what is commercial property financing? And does it differ from residential financing? And how, if it does? Why, why is it different? So, the, there's a very, very big difference in terms of the approach from the banks, first and foremost. 
So your normal residential mortgage bond is based on repaymentability of you as applicants in most instances. So your salary Mm. qualifies you for X amount of a bond. And if all the boxes are ticked in terms of sustainability of repaymentability, the banks will grant the finance subject to valuation Mm -hmm. of the property. Mm -hmm. On commercial finance, the banks uh, want a little bit more of your own skin in the game because they place all repayment uh, ability and reliability on repayment ability on the uh, venture as such. So if you are buying a block of flats, as an example, they will look at the rental role. They will look at your provisions for maintenance, your upkeep, your overheads, all of that. And based on all of that, they will then come up with a, a number in which way they will then offer financing. So oh, the, the typical okay. metric is a 70% loan, and that will be yeah. based yeah. on the lowest of your purchase price or, or your valuation. So if you pick up a 10 million <laughs> rand building for 7 million because uh, the owner is in trouble, your yeah. 70% finance will still be based on that 7 million purchase price. So you'll be limited to 4.9 million as opposed to the fact that the building is worth 10 million. So a couple of creative ways with which we can play around with that to try and just maneuver it to a little bit higher. Uh, But I'm not going to share every single secret with you right now. (laughs) uh, You want us to come and apply? Oh, of course. Okay. Okay, I've I've got this... I've got Go this on. nasty habit of not wanting to starve to death. So obviously I would like you to come and <laughs> meet with me to help uh, facilitate the financing. Uh, but, um, but one of the big things with commercial uh, property finance also comes down to your uh, repayment factor. So okay. the banks look at your debt service coverage ratio, and that mm-hmm. will then also differ from type of building. So if you've got mm-hmm. anchor tenants and mm-hmm. uh, it's just a normal, say a small strip mall, uh, the banks will uh, be happy with a 1.1 debt service coverage ratio, which roughly means that if you earn 11,000 rand net income, uh, divide that by 1.1, the 10,000 would be your maximum uh, bond installment, which they will then calculate back to the 10-year term and the indicative interest rate that they'll offer. Uh, student accommodation is the higher risk one due to higher vacancies, uh, short um, uh, collection periods, and so forth. And there they gauge it on a 1.3 uh, times debt service coverage ratio. But that's uh, mm. all part of how we help uh, put together the entire uh, proposal. Okay, you just, Christian, I just realized that you just yeah. breezed through that yeah. a lot. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you just walk us through again, especially when it comes to numbers. So let's yeah. just start, even before we go into student accommodation, owner-occupied mm-hmm. and rental, what do you mean by debt coverage ratio? What yeah. is this? What yeah. is this so, English? <laughs> no, I'm happy to elaborate. And uh, that's also one of the first points where uh, I start guiding a prospective investor with their purchase. Yeah. Okay. So, your ratio comes down to, um, if they, for example, say it must be a 1.1, that yeah. means that your bond installment times mm-hmm. 1.1 will be your net income in your oh. whole cash flow breakdown. Mm-hmm. So on a 1.1, if you have a net income of 11,000, your maximum mm-hmm. installment will be 10,000. This mm-hmm. is basically that net cash flow divided oh. by 1.1. Okay, so um, your income ratio 
Um, sorry, your income should cover your bond by 1.1. Yes. Okay. So, um, guys, I'm going to walk you through. So, how you do that, that calculation is income divided by uh, monthly, your monthly mm-hmm. income from the property divided by your monthly mortgage monthly. repayment. Yeah. So, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. is awesome. Okay. So, now that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So okay. there was something else that you said um, in, that that is so so important for me. You said you said something about the ten year repayment um, repayment terms. So are you saying yeah, yeah. commercial properties repayments are, are shorter than the residential repayments? Is that as a rule most of the time? Is that how it works? Yes, it will always be uh, the case. Uh, the only difference comes in if you look at uh, mortgage applications with uh, older applicants uh, where the banks wow. have a cutoff age. Uh, you might find a shorter repayment term being offered. Wow. But with commercial financing, it's a set rule. Most of the yeah. commercial yeah. banks offer a 10-year uh, repayment term. Uh, mm-hmm. The one... Uh, Slightly more progressive, albeit a little mm-hmm. bit more expensive fund uh, that will offer longer is tough. Long uh, is the tough. Trust for mm-hmm. Urban Housing Finance. They mm-hmm. will uh, offer a 15-year term. And Absolutely. typically they would go up to 80%, but yeah. your interest rate is considerably higher. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Wow. And that then is you said, so fascinating. It is fascinating. There's another interesting thing that you said. You said they really want to see your skin in the game. So typically they would go on a 70 to 30 ratio where you are bringing the other part of the, 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 the lesser part of the yes. equity. So that is, as a rule, most of commercial financing works like that. Tough, I know, works at 80-20. Sometimes can yeah. be less mm-hmm. ninety ten when you are at the Tutuga, um, Tutuga yeah. fund. Okay, this is interesting. Yeah. So yeah, yes. and then you so, said, so go on, Vin, go on. Let me <laughs> sorry, let Lisa. <laughs> so I wanted to ask about. Can you talk us through the different types of commercial property financing? I know that with different types. Let's maybe start with mm. student accommodation. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll do three, student accommodation, owner-occupied, and rental, right? Yeah. Maybe you can tell us what are the differences with what the banks require uh, from yeah. an investor? When you're owner-occupied, uh, in effect, your business will be paying rent to mm-hmm. that property. That could also assist you in getting a, a higher percentage loan, so a little bit less wow. of a deposit being put down. Uh, but the, the banks will look at three years financial statements. They will, at, with any type of application, look at a two-year cash flow forecast. You have to put your budgets in place. Uh, it, it's quite a, a lengthy shopping list of supporting documents that will accompany mm-hmm. each of these types of transactions. Your student accommodation... I am learning. <laughs> student accommodation <laughs> specifically has quite a couple of uh, little tips and tricks. Like Mm. the banks want to see how you safeguard the building. And uh, Mm. I mean, students, my grandfather always said the only reason why students wear shoes is so that they leave human footprints. So (laughs) you have to prepare yourself for 
all kinds of strange eventualities. I mean, we've all exactly. been students, so we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> So um, there's little rules like um, not having shared bathrooms, having some form of division in terms of security for access to bathrooms, your building yeah. access, your house rules in terms of what time lights must be out, noise and so forth. So uh, there's wow. quite a couple of additional elements to it where you're literally, and with any type of application, what you're telling the bank is I'm running a tight ship and this is how I ensure that I keep on running a tight ship. Absolutely. Uh, it's, yeah. it's actually yeah. as simple as that, but we have mm. to also present it in, the, into, in some format that the banks are comfortable with what they're seeing. Mm. And that's specifically where we as at 360 Finance come in with mm. the commercial mm. financing pro proposal that we will draft on behalf of the investors. So all yeah, of the supporting okay. documents will be required and we will then compile that into a report to the banks to show exactly what it is that they uh, have to look at first and foremost. Yeah. And if certain elements don't fit into the, the typical little box that gets ticked, we need to be able to address it by means of motivation. Now I've had instances of a uh, transaction as an example where uh, the own or the purchaser did not have a 30% deposit, but yeah. we only applied yeah. for a 70% loan and he yeah. signed an installment sale agreement on the 30% balance. The banks pushed back a little bit, but in the end, we got the financing through because everything awesome. was finalized. So awesome. no, no situation is to totally unique, but it's also not totally identical. And that's why we, we do a lot of work up front. I like yes. that. I like what you've just mentioned, that there's always a way, there's, there's always a way of making a deal work, right? Um, we get very discouraged, especially when, 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 when one bank rejects us or rejects our application. It feels like personal rejection or something like that. And look at that, 70% loan granted, and you still make another arrangement for payment of the equity with the owner or, or the seller that you are buying from. I like that yeah. very much. Yeah. And that's what I know Christian for Vangile. He, he is the one who showed us all sorts of ways of cutting the cake on a deal. Like there's no deal that really absolutely can be done. You know, most deals can be, it needs patience and it needs knowledge, knowledge. And that's why we mm. do this podcast, Christian, because people sit at home and it's like, oh my God, the Green Bank said no. And then that's the end, right? And then yeah. they never start yeah. on their commercial property um, uh, journey because one mm. bank said no. Yeah. And there and are interesting how elements around that. Yeah, Because we, we have to also remember that no matter which way you look at it, the banks mm -hmm. are making use of other people's money as well. Yes. But they have such a thick manual of compliance and all kinds of mm. nitty-gritties that they need to uh, ensure is in place. So yeah. it comes yeah. down to your presentation. And here and there you may find that you get re rejected by one of the banks and it might be that the way that it was presented does not fit uh, into their metrics as it stands. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of the banks will uh, quite frequently actually change certain elements to their credit policy where they are unwilling to take a risk on a certain type of client or uh, for the time being. And most recently we saw that with uh, First National Bank 
saying yeah. that yeah. they are capping their bonds to 80% on residential. So they're yeah. basically getting people because... Definitely my are, least favorite bank. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really... Mm -hmm. No, does not know, come and go with me. It's been consistent. <laughs> being consistent with them. <laughs> so, uh, uh, it comes and goes. <laughs> yeah, it I, take it, mm, I take it personal. I take it personal. No, with it does. <laughs> it does. It does because, as 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 you can see, and you can you can <laughs> have a great time with them financing your 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 real estate journey but not have a great time in the personal aspects and 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 all of us go through the waves as <laughs> as, as in as in so it is and it happens with each one of the banks so let's um, just talk a little let's talk a little <laughs> about about um um, what is the benefit of an investor having someone like you on their team, um, Christian? What is, what is your job or what is it that, what value does an investor derive from working with a 360 um, finance consultant? Uh, the first advantage is that uh, we have skin in the game with every single transaction. Everything is outcome-based. So on the commercial financing side, uh, we uh, levy a fee for uh, the commercial financing proposal to put all of that together. Uh, okay. But that's, that's literally just to uh, cover the time of the financing specialist uh, compiling the whole report. Yeah. The rest of it's a capital raising fee that's payable on successful uh, registration of the financing. So mm -hmm. we have to walk that path and uh, it's, it's outcome based. So yeah. that's step one. And over and above that, uh, we have access to so many different types of transactions that we've encountered that uh, allows us to see a potential pitfall which you may have overlooked. And I mean, yeah. it's, you can be how thorough. There's always the odd thing that could creep in. And yeah. having a, yeah. a separate set of eyes on it will always make it a little bit easier. So we do spend quite a lot of time with our clients on that. To just make sure that everything's properly versed and put together and yeah. that you are making the requisite provisions for your own cash flow. I mean, it's yeah. uh, one of the best examples and you've had it with so many of the people that you've encountered, I'm sure. Yeah. They yeah. don't always budget for uh, vacancy or for maintenance. Mm -hmm. And you can have a property and I've got one now, which is a wonderful example of it. I had my first ever vacancy now during lockdown and okay, it was literally wow. just due to a tenant vacating early and the new tenant not being able to move in due to lockdown. Oh, so I had a two-month vacancy. Yeah. That was my first vacancy in nine years in that property. Wow. So even though I've got the vacancy provision, I've not had to make use of it. But you could yeah. become a little bit cocky with it and say, no, but if, if one is like that, all of them is like that. So yeah. why do I need to worry about it? And yeah. then you find distressed sellers coming to the market because their provisions were incorrect. And, yeah. and to an extent, I am rubbing my hands a little bit because a lot of opportunities are going to start coming in from about March, April next year. Do you yeah. everybody jumping on the bandwagon? Yeah. My favorite quote still is... Uh, the, the lighter version of how Warren Buffett put it, where he said, when people yell, I sell, and when people cry, I buy. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. ouch. It's ouch, but yeah. true, right? It's yeah. ouch. Yeah. So, Christian, I like what you're saying. And what you are saying to me is, 
it's an opportunity using at 360 finance that is a great opportunity for someone who's sitting in their profession you are an accountant you are a lawyer you are a doctor you are a finance person you're sitting in your job you want to start mm. this real estate portfolio and you want to buy a block of flats you don't have the time to compile from tax certificate to what to what and make sure that your presentation for applying for finance Mm -hmm. is as, as attractive to a bank as possible. You are mm -hmm. the person who makes it attractive. You compiled it on the person's behalf. Because what we are finding and what I find with mentees is that they want to do everything themselves. And people don't, don't really see the value of you, Christian, on why, why do I use a bond originator for commercial? Mm -hmm. Or why do I use a bond originator at all? And people are very scared of that little percentage that you are being paid in, in as mm -hmm. you say, there is um, a capital raising fee or something like that. I, I really mm -hmm. like what you are saying about it cuts the time and it's yeah. how you present it. Yeah, it's, it's how you present it. I could never present a finance model that makes sense to tough, but you could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also remember, and exactly as you put it, uh, people are in their own professions. So yeah. this mm. is a segue out of their normal employment. It's yeah. something that they're not always 100% versed in. And remember, we only uh, levy a fee on the commercial financing side. Residential gets paid by the bank. So whether you go directly or Absolutely. through us, it's of no Got consequence. That. Got that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the, the big thing is you have to be mindful of getting rejected when doing it on your own. Because when you come, uh, come back to that same uh, prospective financier with a different set of data, they are yeah. going to be more apprehensive in terms of engaging with you. Wow. So have that preparation in place. And uh, yeah. you also need to look at how you address your own experience. And yeah. that's one of the pitfalls that I find every now and again where, exactly. uh, I mean, we uh, with the previous economic crash in 2008, some of the guys that got yeah. hurt the, the most were developers. And so okay. many of those developers mm. were dentists, lawyers, accountants. So it, it wasn't wow. their core business. But yeah. the banks were throwing money out like confetti, so it was easy. Mm, and they, wow. the, the hubris ultimately sunk quite a, a couple of people. But oh. similarly so, when you move into a commercial property uh, opportunity, uh, one of the key things that a lot of investors overlook is prior experience. If yes. you don't have any individual rental properties, if you have no background in it, you can't just expect to walk into any bank and get financing, even if you've got the cash deposit uh, yeah. on a building of, say, 200 beds for student accommodation, because you bring nothing of yourself to the table in terms of own CV and own track record to show to the bank, listen, I can yeah. do this. Same thing yes. with property development now. They want to see the developer uh, CV as well as the whole professional team. They want to know these guys are going to deliver on what happens. If yes. you don't have that CV, yes. you have to partner with somebody to uh, piggyback off of their CV. And I mean, yes. I've seen amazing yes. stories of that. A good friend of mine, also a developer, uh, when she started out, uh, she was a project manager. She got the opportunity to uh, embark on a couple of small development projects, piggybacking off of another team. 
And okay. currently she's sitting with a, a rental portfolio of about 1,400 properties that's already been wow. completed. Now yeah. the banks wow. are looking at her um, with completely Differently. different eyes. Absolutely. But yeah. you had to yeah. also go through those first couple of steps. Absolutely. Oh my yes. gosh, that's yes. such an important point. Mm. Yeah, that is so powerful. I remember like when we started working together, Christian, like you literally got on the phone with me. I thought, I, <laughs> in my head, I was like, why is this man asking about this property? Shouldn't he just be one? <laughs> shouldn't he just be asking about the numbers? You know, mm. Mm. just like asking about the numbers, but you were also asking about who can afford to pay this? Who is your, who are you targeting in terms of your tenants? Your tenants. What is right. the vision behind this? All that. Yeah. And that was yeah. really, really interesting to me because I was like, I thought, hey, I'm just going to be working with a commercial property uh, financing broker to make this happen, you know? And then like all these other things came to the forefront. And one of the other things that I want to say, also the benefit of an investor um, working with someone like you on their team, right, Christian, is that for me, um, like the deal, the deal that we're still working on went through, fell apart, <laughs> and then it came back together. And then there's been all these other things that have been happening. But just being able every time when things go pear-shaped to go on a call and say, hello. I am struggling, things are happening that I didn't anticipate. Can you please tell me what to do now? Like, what are my options? That for me has been the most powerful because honestly, if it was just me, I would have walked away months ago. Yeah. So <laughs> that being said, yeah. Christian, when mm -hmm. do you think is the right time for an investor to bring someone like <clears throat> you onto their team? Is it when I'd they're say, looking at the property, thinking about it? When? For, for a start, first and foremost, uh, get in touch with me. Like on residential property, I always stress a pre-qualification so that you know what type of amount you can buy up to. Uh, on yeah. the commercial property side, I'm happy to share what type of information you need to look at when considering a deal. So we don't always get involved in... Uh, helping you to package your entire deal from the get-go because obviously you're out and about looking at other opportunities and then finding the one that suits you best and negotiating mm. accordingly so mm. for that uh, and i'm happy to share my checklist that we work off mm. of for our commercial financing proposal with you out of that okay. you can uh, immediately have a look at what type of questions you need to also ask that uh, agent or um, building owner to make wow. sure that you've got a proper uh, view of the entire opportunity. So I'd mm. say from, from the get-go, as you start off. Yeah. Okay. Wow. From the get-go. Yeah. So they, when they find the property or as they're looking, because I think that's, yeah, that's, an, that's interesting yep. because I almost fell off my chair when you sent me that the checklist, and then I instantly sent it to my accountant. I was like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. This is your baby. And so she's been taking over everything because I was like, what is going on? It's quite a checklist, guys. It's, yeah. mm. it's wild. It's intense. Mm. And yeah. remember, the economic climate also plays a very big role in that. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, if you look yeah. at the banks in the good times, uh, the the sales guys they're uh, running the whole show, just going nuts trying to get more business in. But in the end, credit will always be the tail that wags the dog. They mm. have to look at their assets as a bank, and the moment mm. there's doubt in the, the market, they want to see a more comprehensive comprehensive uh, proposal to uh, mm. also allay their fears. So, mm. and, and that's why that that level of detail is important. But notwithstanding that, from a financing application point of view, look at it from your own investment journey point of view. I mean, when you consider a property opportunity. We love looking at it through rose-tinted glasses, just seeing yeah. this is going to make me gajillions of rands in passive income. But things go wrong, partnerships can sour, a, a managing agent can start getting overwhelmed and giving lackluster service, your collections could dip, you could have a, a, an attempt at hijacking off a building, I've been through that. There's, yeah. there's many a, a bad thing that could happen so if you have enough information in front of you to make an informed decision, notwithstanding the financing application, it's already going to make your investment journey so much easier due okay. to the fact that you know, okay, well, listen, even though 99.9% .9 of these things won't happen, I've got a bit of an awareness on that. And one of yeah. my absolute favorite tips and tricks for that, especially with uh, newbies starting out, is uh, to lead them to Tim Ferriss's book, uh, The 4-Hour Workweek. Okay. In the, one of the exercises that he has is called fear setting, not goal setting. Yeah. And what it basically comes down <laughs> to is when you consider anything, write down everything that can go wrong. Okay. And you're not thinking hard enough if you don't end up dead or in jail. So literally go... <laughs> all the way to say this is how bad it can go because yeah. it, it's got two benefits for you the first one being that it gives you a, an idea of how your mind works around it and what type of mm -hmm. doubts you need to potentially address but secondly yeah. once you put that to paper you can look at it and say no but really that's yeah. just done. Mm. and it allows <laughs> you to act with more confidence and similarly, so when some of those things happen, you've already subconsciously prepared yourself to an extent. Yep. So th then it's not that massive train smash of, oh, gosh, where am I going from here? Where what's what's going to happen? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, is, that is such an incredible thing to say because due diligence is many, many things. It's not just yeah. the funding, right? And it is yes. not just the leaking roof or the the, the, the the basement that is flooded in a, in a building. Yeah. So that is such an incredible thing to say. We'll definitely yeah. have a look at that book. Yeah. So Christian, that is, that is I, mean, I think you've touched on some of it, but let's just go for the question anyway. In your experience, what are the greatest um, funding challenges you've had in terms of one, property investors, or with the institutions that you, you work with? Share the serious ones and any anecdotes, if there are any. What, what are the serious challenges that you have faced so far? Well, one of the biggest challenges is uh, people come to me with completely unrealistic expectations. I oh. just received a <laughs> referral like that on Tuesday. <laughs> we... They want to purchase a building for 9.5 million, 
they are requesting an additional 750,000 for a little bit of refurb uh, work that they want to do on the building. Mm -hmm. And they are newly graduated students who have yet to enter the employment. (laughs) That's where I come in and I'm the big bad dream killer because all I say is no. (laughs) You you have to uh, be realistic with your own expectations in terms of what you're undertaking. And uh, I love the energy. I love the excitement where they're just saying, well, listen, I'm going to go all out. I'm making this happen but yeah. there will always be a line that you have to uh, first cross to okay. allow you that uh, I can almost call it your right of passage in terms of experience and then over yeah. and above all of that you need to have the capital yeah, yeah. especially with commercial financing they will always yeah. be own skin in the game and it's little yes. things like with the property development you could, uh, and I've had an example of that where the client said, okay, now he'll be able to raise the 30% that's required. I already mm-hmm. owned the land unencumbered. That worked up to about 12% of the, his total contribution. Okay. But he was hoping that the bank will start financing so that they can get the project going and he'll then mm-hmm. pay as and when he could. Oh, and sure. the bank's response is, you first pay your part, then we'll pay. So it's it's little uh, points of expectation that people aren't always prepared for, but it's it's not it's not insurmountable at all. It's really not, right? It's really not. I like that. But what about the institutions themselves? What are your greatest challenges that you've had to deal with? Uh, Currently, turnaround time is one of the, the biggest challenges. So by diminished staff capacity, a couple of the banks have retrenched some of the uh, commercial property specialists. So okay. uh, we actually appointed wow. two out of one of the banks with that. So that was nice. A, a nice little bonus. But uh, the, the turnaround times can be quite a concern, uh, mm. especially with the pandemic. Uh, a lot of people uh, being homebound, it, it can make things a little bit harder. But over yeah. and above that, also just sheer conservatism. So if you have 10 million rand to uh, borrow to prospective Mm. uh, clients and you've got 10 1 million rand deals and one 10 million rand deal, it is going to be lower risk to look at the 10 1 million rand deals as opposed to the the 10 million deals. A big 10 million one. Yeah. Yeah. Little things around that. So to get that Mm. 10 million deal through, you mm. would have to really paint the picture to show them, listen, this is why this is a better option than the 10 Than buying year. 10 little ones. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I mean, see. it makes sense, right? Because you're dealing with 10 different investors. So with your 10 million rand, you are now, if you're doing 10 1 million rand deals, you've diversified it's your spreading. risk. Whereas when you've um, put in, when you're putting it into one deal for 10 million, it's, um, you've basically concentrated your risk um, a lot, right? And you're risking with this investor. So speaking of turnaround times, when is usually, um, when times are good, not COVID times, and now during COVID times, what are the turnaround times? What can investors, how long can investors expect to get an answer from the banks on a commercial property finance transaction to get it concluded i would Mm. say from submission to bank uh, prepare yourself for about four weeks 
Because they, they've got different due diligence processes that they also need to go through. And mm -hmm. one of the big ones there would also be their uh, comprehensive valuation that they will go out and do. That valuation mm -hmm. takes a couple of days. It's not the typical valuer walks through a house, say, okay, there's no structural cracks, uh, houses in the area sell for X, Y, Z, so all good. They have to go and assess the property. They have to look at what's happening in the area. They have to look at whether your uh, rent that you're uh, charging is uh, market-related. They, they, there's so oh, many wow. different metrics. So that takes considerably longer. And then also mm -hmm. from a credit committee point of view, I mean, a good example is uh, business partners, uh, they're capped on 50 million as maximum transaction value. Anything yeah. under yeah. 5 million, you can get your first preliminary answer in about 10 days. But the moment you start going over 5 million, uh, you uh, have to wait for their credit committee to sit. And that's every yeah. second. So little oh. things here and there um, will have an influence on your turnaround times. In bad times... That's why you like were asking now, all those questions of me. Because like you asked a lot of questions about the neighborhood, the tenants. Uh, is anyone else charging that comparable rental price where you are buying this building motivate for me i guys i had to motivate for christian why he needs to take me seriously and come on board and be on my team <laughs> so okay i get it you you have to have that in terms of your commercial financing proposal so i, I prefer to rather provide as much information up front to the bank than have them go and search because the moment, uh, and specifically with commercial property finance, you don't want to have any form of mushroom farming. You need to be as transparent as possible okay. uh, because okay. it is higher ticket items and it is a more conservative credit department to a great extent. So you need to really paint that picture properly. With residential property finance, in many instances, it, it can be mushroom farming where you just give them little breadcrumbs to work off of because there, there are fewer metrics for them to draw their conclusion on. I see. <laughs> yeah, it all comes down to the, the deal. I like that. Oh. I like that. Mm. Mm. So Christian, are there any tips that you want to give to newbie investors or aspiring commercial uh, property investors, what, is, what, what are the little things that they can do to improve their chances of getting financed um, for commercial properties? Are you, have you got any, any tips? What are the little things that one should look at? Uh, someone is sitting with uh, two rental places and they are thinking next year, 2021, is my year to buy a block of flats. What should they look out for? Uh, first thing they need to look out for is um, having the requisite deposits and acquisition costs ready. Okay. And outside of that, Go and view as many opportunities as possible. If, if you're going to now for the first time venture into this type of opportunity, you need to understand how it works because there are other moving parts uh, when you've got that whole building. I mean, yes. if you own a flat and a block of flats, you never know about a light bulb that's uh, blown in the passageway or anything in that line. Now, all of a sudden, that is your responsibility. Uh, a little bit of rust on a rail or a chipped tile or anything in that line. So 
you have to become a little bit more aware of how it all works. And okay. one of the easiest ways, if you have a couple of sectional title properties, become a trustee on one of the body corporates. Right. Because that will give you a lot of insights into how that complex is being managed. Because in, in essence, that complex is your commercial building that you will now purchase next. So that's a wonderful way to give you a, a proper idea and one of the, the ideal uh, positions to fill at the body corporate would be on the financing side. I know not all of us are fond of numbers. Uh, I have to be and luckily it is one of my acuities and passions. Yeah. But yeah. The, whether you're good with numbers or not, to be involved with the budgeting and to get an idea of what they spend money on makes a beautiful difference in terms of how you approach your next opportunities. Wow. Wow, that's actually interesting. Uh, learning, sorry, I'm actually writing this down, learning about the budgeting. Hmm. Yeah, it is, it is incredibly important uh, because on body corporates, uh, when you tell mentees that have you asked anything about their body corporate and gotten their finances, they don't understand why you even bother with that when they mm -hmm. are trying to buy a unit in a whole block of flats. So that's such an incredible thing to say. Um, yes. Then do you want to ask the COVID question? Or should I <laughs> okay, let me ask the uh, COVID question, right? Um, in terms of COVID, Christian, we've, um, I mean, you've been through several economic declines, right? So what's yeah. your take on the commercial property space? Does um, COVID-19 present an opportunity or disaster for investors? I know that you've mentioned here, and even when we've had conversations that like next year, March and April is when we'll really start to see the market start to take a downturn. But what other opportunities are there and what should investors be looking out for uh, when it comes to COVID? Because everything, it's going to be that, uh, my worry is that everyone's going to say, buy, 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 it's a buyer's market and people are just buying, yeah. but not everything is meant to be bought, right? Now, well, and look at almost price. every estate agent's sales pitch now. Record low interest rates, buy, 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 it's cheaper yeah. to own than to rent. And <laughs> That will unfortunately uh, catch up with some people. Mm. So uh, one of the big things that's coming out in terms of opportunities is going to be uh, in the commercial property sector specifically, where you look at mm. repurposing of buildings for residential yes. use. So uh, mm. yesterday in one of my group chats, uh, one of the, the people shared a very interesting insight and that's that a good four or five buildings in Fredman Drive in Santon, uh, they're vacant yeah. now, commercial yeah. buildings, they're there to be converted into accommodation. Yep. So I know even that. some wow. of your big landlords, like, uh, well, whomever for that matter, they, uh, they get to the point, and Growth Point has pivoted to uh, residential accommodation quite some time ago. I mean, Hatfield yep. and Pretoria, the square where all of us as students spent a lot of happy times. Uh, yeah. It has yeah. been completely repurposed. I think it's three and a half thousand students that live on Hatfield Square now as they, awesome. they redevelop there. Wow. And in Fredman Drive's side by in Santon, I mean, location-wise with a lot of work and co-working spaces mm. that's also popped up there, 
it is a logical next step. If you don't have corporates that are willing to pay um, rentals, rent it out to a young professional to live there because people crave the status. So okay. it's, it's going to cause quite an interesting shakeup because specifically with that, in certain areas, I'm very, very hesitant to uh, give any form of opinion on Airbnb going forward. Yeah. That's a good example. I mean, if you not all of a sudden yeah. have an extra 15,000 or uh, I, I don't know the number, so I'm literally just thumb sucking uh, units yeah. coming in there, it can completely implode the rental market. And yeah. that is also yeah. one of the biggest threats that you need to look at. Yeah. I've it has one of started my units. though. Yeah, uh, and, and it's bound to carry on. People yeah. are more and more uh, warming up to the fact that they can work from anywhere in the world. And exactly. it's, it really changes the, the whole perspective on it. Yeah. But also just on normal residential um, accommodation, uh, I had a good example with uh, one of the developments in Midrand. I've got a unit in uh, Grand Central Apartments, which is quite close yeah. to the uh, Gautrain station. Mm. And uh, another development, uh, and now I'm forgetting the name, uh, King's Crossing, mm -hmm. uh, completed a little bit more than a year, uh, say a year and a half ago. And they had uh, 300 units that opened up for occupation. <laughs> And Why? we had tenants cool. moving yeah. out of our complex because these guys Going there. Say, well, we've got a, a nice little uh, new lease special. Get your first month rent free. So they save on a month's rent. They put in fiber. Obviously, we've got fiber in our complex now. Uh, but yeah. we, we yeah. were forced to adapt due to that happening and you're probably going to see a couple of uh, creative solutions come out mm. uh, i'm not super creative in terms of how to um, preempt much of it uh, but i'm really excited of, uh, to see what some other guys are going What's to come going to happen yeah gosh that is so interesting to say because when you look at Sentin, your parkhurst parktown rosebank and houghton it is ghost town right now, right? All yeah. the commercial spaces, the office spaces are like ghost towns. Wow. There is to let to let signs everywhere or for no sale. Way. Yeah, it is. It is. COVID has really wiped out that place. So yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting and what it means for those rentals that used to be like twelve thousand for a bachelor pad. Yeah. Mm. They might have to reconsider. Um, they might have you're to already seeing it though, in yeah. terms of Airbnb. I told Mizo, I said, Oh, well, I'm heading mm. back to South Africa. I'm looking for a property, month-long rental. The property that I have right now in Sri Lanka, the long-term rental that I've got, I found on Airbnb. It used mm. to be a self-catering um, four-star hotel, and they still kept the services to get people in you know like so i still get um semi room service i still get my place clean for i still get linen changed all that but it's a full one bedroom apartment like a normal one bedroom apartment with the views but they had to pivot because of the same things that like it's yeah. literally a, yeah. a country like sri lanka that relies on tourism um, yeah. there's no tourists, oh my gosh. Now, right? Yeah. And then also the other thing is that like they are charging rentals that for this space that are on par with normal residential rentals. Oh my gosh. Right? 
So, but like, unlike residential rentals, I'm getting all the perks, right? I'm getting mm. Wi-Fi. I'm getting people coming to take out my, um, uh, take garbage. out my dirt, my garbage every other day. I'm getting uh, people cleaning my house. I'm getting like the full perks as though I'm in a mm. hotel, but I have my own apartment space and I'm paying the same amount as someone who would be renting their house or flat, renting out yeah. their apartment. So it is yeah. so competitive right now. And I'm also, I've also been looking at the prices on Airbnb, as you know, for South Africa, Mizo, I'm looking to go mm. back. And it just makes more sense to do the long-term rental on Airbnb yeah. because now That's the prices are so low. Yeah, it is. It is. So, Christian, we forgot to ask you something about your role, your role as the consultant at 360 Finance. Who did you say pays you again, like the bond originator for commercial property? How do you get paid? Yeah, so with commercial property finance, uh, we have our first fee is a commercial funding proposal fee uh, okay. that, uh, that we levy. And uh-huh. then secondly, a capital raising fee, which will range uh, on different percentages, all based on what the loan amount is. Yeah. Uh, our commercial fi- fin- financing proposal also um, has a, a sliding scale in terms of what the price entails, dependent on what the loan amount is. Oh. So that's, that's the only place where we unfortunately cost our clients money because the banks don't remunerate for it. Yeah. Uh, on the residential mortgage origination, my services are free of charge. Okay, so you get wow. pay, you got uh, you get a, a paid um, just like an estate agent. There's a there's a there's a percentage on the sale of or or, or the acquisition of that financing. Yeah, on the loan amount itself. Yes. On the loan amount. Oh, my God. So it's possible to work on a finance application for many weeks on end and the outcome being zero and that is for your time. Okay, that's why you have got the upfront fee of compiling. I see. I see. Got it. Got it. This is very wow. important. This is very important to know yeah and it is quite involved thank you so much then i have i have no idea if you've got anything else but mm-hmm. i am i really love the clarity christian because i think from the very first time i met you you've always been clear about being able to put things out you know unlike most people yeah. who will use a lot of jargon and you get lost in there you've put yeah. commercial financing yeah, property financing in a perspective thank you for doing this yeah uh, i mean this was you know, yeah. it was so interesting. There are parts of the show before we move on to the next segment where like I was like, oh, I need to take notes. I forget to take notes because I'm so engrossed in the information. I know. <laughs> I know. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so I'm full then awesome. really, really been educational and 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 just exactly what this podcast is about. So so informative. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, shall we move on to the next segment, Misa? Yes, please. Awesome. On to the next segment of our show, Magical Feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. 
So welcome okay. to Magical Takeaways or Magical Feedback, the part where we give yep. you our takeaways. Uh, Nisa, do you want to start with the takeaway? Yes, I want to start. It's perfectly okay. fine. So here's a good takeaway, and I'm sure people got it in, in, in the meat of the podcast, that he is a bond or originator for commercial properties, right? And bond originators mm. for commercial property financing, they get paid a percentage mm. from the deal because it's an outcome-based type of consultation with them, mm. right? Only if you get the finance, uh, do, does he get the percentage of the value of your deal. So, yeah. which, which means yeah. he is going to make sure that you have got yeah. a, 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 you have compiled your deal in a way that the bank finds mm. palatable. He's going to make yeah. sure you get the best cash flow so that you don't go and get yourself into debt with a huge, huge building with many mm. units in it and there's no cash flow. And he's going to make sure that you, you are attractive to the banks and he will let you know upfront that mm, the bank might not like that. So you know yeah. you, you you know what you're getting. So this is a bond originator, but that is paid by the buyer actually, right? That's how commercial yeah. property financing yeah. actually works, right? So what's your number one? Yes. I, really, I really got that. Mm-hmm. My number one. So here's the thing that really I can't, I don't know why, maybe because it's commercial, right? But like mm-hmm. banks are able to make 10-year terms for commercial property, but they make 30-year terms for like the ordinary individual. I don't know what that's about. And I'm sure that that's because of the cash flow and apparently you can yeah. pay back faster. But it's very, very, I found that very, very interesting. But the other thing, so that's the, that is the takeaway yeah. around like that commercial property repayments. You're looking at a 10 year repayment term versus yeah. your usual 20 to 30 years worth residential. And that Absolutely. you need to have 30% skin in the game, right? Yeah. And obviously commercial property, we're looking at higher, um, like, how do you say, like higher price points? Yeah, for and, the buildings, right? Yeah. Or the yeah, the properties themselves. So thirty percent is usually not going to be like your three hundred thousand. It could mm-hmm. literally be your starting off, even at a really low property at like nine hundred thousand, yeah. or even a like million. over a million. So yeah. it's very interesting. Possible. So Possible. how? How Christian is helping us with this, right, is that we can use the, re, the refinancing money from my property uh, in Cape Town as the 30% down payment. Yeah. So that was really, really interesting. interesting. That I, well, I don't know. And he was like, yeah, you just get that property. You get that money from that property. And then you use that as the down payment. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that. I like that, that was my takeaway to just how people that are really freaked out by the 30%, you're looking at this building that costs like four, five million rand and you're like, oh my yeah. God, I haven't even factored in conversions. But you may be sitting with the property that could be the thing that gets you the 30% down payment that you need. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I like that takeaway very much. And here's what I found very, very interesting when he he was talking about uh, property investors who, for the first time, venture into a commercial building. Right. Mm -hmm. Apparently, we all have this unrealistic expectation (laughs) of of ourselves and what the banks are going to look for. And that's because Mm -hmm. we just don't have the knowledge. And for me, the reason why I consult and people like Christian become so important is exactly for the reason that whatever you don't know, it's not because you don't know it because you failed it at school. And I'm fortunate that I can tell people that I'm like, oh, okay, commercial property financing, that course wasn't there at medical school. So I can ask all the (laughs) questions that seem stupid, but I can ask those questions without feeling like I don't know anything, which I find with property investors, most people don't want to ask those questions then. They really don't want to get into those questions. And that's how a person ends up with a huge building that costs them four Mm. million rands. They don't know how to cash flow Mm. it. They didn't work out the debt ratio and they they are surprised why other people's portfolios are growing and whatever. And I think as a property investor, know what you don't know and ask. Just keep asking. Right? Yeah. I think. Like, wow. Very important. Very, very important. So powerful, hey? Because um, I think with Christian, there's so many things that like, we're like, we want this, we want that. And then like, we keep getting pushed back to say, you may not want to spend the money for that just yet. First, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Let's try this. Like, it's so fascinating. So I guess my one takeaway that... um, he also mentioned, which was like, when do you start working with, with someone him. like Christian? Like, yes. guys, like, this is a takeaway for me, not really a takeaway, but learning from experience. So learn yeah. from my mistakes. <laughs> like, like, the deal almost completely fell through because we, so you put in an offer to purchase, you have like one funding place that you're like, this is the funding place that's going to fund me, right? Exactly. And then you go to the funder and they like, no, we no longer fund that COVID and all these risk factors. We're going to take a step back. And you're like, oh. so for like, literally, I'm not joking, for like 30 days, which was the length of the OTP, we're sitting there and we're like, oh, how does this how move going forward? To- you know? And then like, yeah, and right. then the OTP expires. And then obviously you don't know. Luckily, I had already started working with Tony and Ninkovic, which who was one of our guests. He was like, ask for yeah, an extension yeah. on the OTP. Then like we had an extension. And then that's when he I uh, when Christian stepped in, because Tony sent us to Christian and he was like, okay, this is how we're gonna do this thing. You know, and then when that extension of the OTP expired, we went back and we just renegotiated a whole new OTP. But we had these two people telling us and guiding us as to, this is how you're going to negotiate. These are the things that you're going to point out, all this. So what I've learned from this process, big takeaway, is all these people, your coaches, someone, your mentors like Mizo, your Christians, your inspectors, 
they have to be on board from the jump. The, the beginning. minute you're like, I am going to view that building, have them on board because they will guide you so much. I think if I didn't have the team that we are currently would have given up on have, that building. Oh my gosh, it's been such a hassle. Exactly. Like the <laughs> legal things, the little things, and it's literally everything we didn't know. Yeah. Like how many guests have we been interviewing here? And I've been like, no, we're good. I yeah. know the process. Honey and I, honey is my sister, guys. We've just been like, shit, we knew nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great to be yeah. learning but I think what's great is yeah. being open to that learning because I've also seen yeah. people with loads of money make the hugest mistakes on beautiful yeah. deals that that didn't need to go ori right so that's that's yeah. that's that's an amazing thing then I don't know if you heard yeah. this this is my third takeaway I don't know if you got it when he was talking about um Let's say you go into a deal, 70-30 yeah. deal. That means the, the commercial inst- or the institution is funding 70% of your deal. You are going yeah. into this 10 million rent building deal, right? And yeah. then you absolutely don't even have the 30% that you are supposed to, to raise, <laughs> right? And it's a 70-30. Yeah. It's a 70-30 deal that there is another mechanism of funding yeah. your 30%. When the seller is not desperate for their cash up, up front, what yeah. can happen is you can even go into a seller agreement. That means you go and sign wow. the mortgage for 70% and then the other 30%, you go into a deal with the seller to say, give me the 30%. So it's like the seller is the one who pays your deposit. Give me this deposit. Wow. Once the deal goes through and I start cash flowing, this is how you're going to get your money back. Mm. And that's what we talk about when we say you use other people's money to get into business because not everyone who gets into these businesses and you buy these big buildings, do you need all of it to be your money. So there there are all sorts of ways of cutting up financing and all sorts of ways of doing financing. Very, very creative means. And this is why your bond originators, your stewards and your Christians, they know how to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And don't sit there and give up on your dream just because you do not have the money. There's a way. Mm. Always. So as you talk about this, remember my apartment in Chiang Mai in Thailand? Yes. yes. Um, yeah. So the landlady um, became a friend of mine and she decided to sell the apartment. They actually wanted to sell it to me. And I was like, mm, not sure about this, not sure about my travel schedule or anything. And then, which I loved that apartment so much, you guys. So yeah, and, we loved it. And <laughs> has come. And she came, she visited the apartment as well. And so um, 
One of the things that they did when they found the cellar, they got one of their friends, oh, found a buyer. They got one of their friends to to buy and they walked me through the process. So okay. the friend couldn't get money from the, the bank. bank. So what they did was that you will buy this apartment over three years. And what and the friend also didn't want to take out a bank loan. Like um, so different parts of the world, people are not as gung-ho about debt as we are. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're not true. as comfortable. True. So like it, the apartment when converted to rands is about 700,000 rands. So okay. they had three years to pay for this apartment. And the agreement is that they would pay for the apartment in lump sums over three years. But with every year, the first year they get um, my landlady and her husband who owned the apartment, they would get um, a two thirds. No, they would get full rent, right? And the first okay. portion. In the second year, they get two thirds of the rent because right. now they've gone and paid two thirds of everything. And then in the okay. last year, they take one third of the rent and they also Listen get to the that. full um, portion of the, they get the last lump sum, right? And so after three that. years, their friend ends up earning the apartment, she hasn't taken on any debt because she didn't want to, not because the bank wouldn't give it to her. She just didn't want to. But now she has like this cash flowing, this positive cash flowing apartment. Cool. And in the meantime, you as the the buyer, you're getting rent from that apartment in the second year. So that was incredible. So there are many ways to do a deal. That so is I incredible. Guess- That's fantastic. That's fabulous. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And seller-financed seller loans are very, yeah. very common then because most people, they'll be moving yeah. overseas. It's not like they are desperate for that money or yeah. something like that. They are just looking for someone to shift this mortgage to and whatever. And it happens all yeah. the time. But unless it you are in a property network, in a network of people who know how to, you will always sit there and feel depressed that your bank said no. Yeah. And you stop. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh my gosh. I love this measles. So my final takeaway, although I feel like that also tags on to the final takeaway, this one's going to be nice, short and sweet, is that become, if yeah. you are looking to gain the experience and to um, understand how to get into um, commercial property and also to gain the experience to make the banks feel some type of way, get on the body corporate, get onto the financing uh, committee on the body corporate so that you can eventually say to the banks, hey, I've got this lovely experience, right? So that I felt was such a valuable, valuable tip for, because it's true. That's right? an important thing. Uh, very risk averse. So they want to know what it is that you do they that are. will make them feel safe with investing in you. Yeah. Yeah. Now on to the journey to magical expansion, where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Hey, Property Magicians, welcome to the Journey to Magical Expansion. 
So as usual, I'm going to have Nizo start us off with this, um, with the first question for the segment of the show. Christian, this is my favorite question. I'm a nerd. <laughs> so <laughs> I collect other people's bookshelves. I'm looking at your bookshelf behind you and I am almost peering into the screen because I want to see what books you have. Okay, so tell us about one book that changed your life or one book that really you keep going back to. It could be the same one that you just mentioned or any other one. What is that book? Yeah, so um, I mentioned the four-hour work week, which was quite a nice mind shift. Uh, so okay. Tim Ferriss really unpacked things quite well. Okay. Uh, and then via his uh, blog and podcast and everything, yeah. I was led to a book called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. It was written mm. by Greg McCone. Okay. I think I've read that book five times. And oh, my gosh. It has completely changed my um, outlook on yeah. just simplifying things. And yeah. mm. uh, one of the, the key lessons in that book is just to learn how to say no. And I'm Amen. a very, very big fan of <laughs> saying no nowadays. And uh, I've just uh, completely restructured my life to anything that gives me that proper hell yeah the reaction when somebody talks about it. Thank you. I Whew. want to engage yeah. more. I want to learn more, whether it yeah. be for remuneration or learning or whichever yeah. way, shape or yeah. form. Yeah. And uh, the other things where I just get this, mm, yeah, maybe, yes, no, uh, those I tend to put to the side. So All obviously right. own little pet projects in terms of my big vision of where I would like to leave a legacy also fits yeah. into here and there. Into that. But yeah. I absolutely love it when uh, those two sides cross paths in terms of um, personal and professional uh, vision. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Wow. You are talking to two converts about that. Vangine is <laughs> one of them. She was just not, she was just refusing to leave her bank because that is the type of taste she was getting in her mouth. And that's exactly what we spoke about. We had a long 55 minute conversation about, I don't know what you're still doing there. <laughs> so that's a yeah. great thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love the saying no, because it's in the saying no that we open mm -hmm. up the space for new opportunities. And Absolutely. I always say that like new opportunities will continue to come, but you yeah. don't have to go after every one of them because they may not align with who you are and where you're mm -hmm. headed. Right. So I've had to learn to do that. And my aha moment came from... Um, Who's the guy that um, I love so much? The one thing that wrote the one thing, Greg. Um, yeah, I just know his his surname, Caller, for some reason. I can't remember his name. Yeah, so yeah. I got that. So, Christian, what keeps you inspired? Uh, making a change, first and foremost. I absolutely love seeing people grow. Uh, in March, uh, I went through the talent dynamics and wealth dynamics tests from uh, Roger James Hamilton, and it actually gave a lot of clarity on that, where I've got what they call a supporter profile. So to me, it's all about my tribe. And okay. I absolutely okay. adore seeing people 
grow, seeing people reach their goals, it's it's great fun to me. So okay. I tend to not be somebody for the spotlight with that as well. And uh, oh, finding okay. sense out of that. Okay. I've been propositioned to uh, start my own channel and all kinds of things. And quite frankly, I've no interest in it. So <laughs> it gave a lot of uh, perspective and clarity on that. And that's also why I've uh, just now renewed for my ninth year of membership of BNI. It's a business networking organization. Oh, okay, yes. Having mm -hmm. that tribe around you, having people okay. of all different walks of life whom mm -hmm. you can support and who can also support you. Yeah, oh, that Absolutely. sounds like a mastermind. Yeah, it does. It does. No, gosh, man. Yeah, I like what you're saying, Christian. I see your commitment whenever you you engage, even on Facebook. You know, you are you are constantly at the Egasi property when Gonzo, one of our guests, is, and how you engage a person when they ask a question just shows that commitment of, you know, you can just give this person a clearer answer. They will get away much quicker, and they will yeah. go and not make a mistake. I, I just love how you engage. You are not constantly on social media, but when you do, you are so committed to giving that information, which is what, what I find. People can be so casual and dismissive of the person as if we all grew up with all these answers. But yeah. you, sometimes you repeat the same thing five times. Times and I just watch you with amazement. You are absolutely right. You are committed to the tribe. Yeah, yeah. but but also I remember like that. it's twofold. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. the the better I prepare people around me, the easier my work is in future. So yeah. a lot of it means that I'm uh, just sowing without uh, necessarily reaping. But I'm more than happy with that because I, my core life philosophy is I want to leave every single engagement that I've had. I want to leave that person with a smile. Then, oh, then wow. I know I did no, what I had to. No, I, I, oh, I'm wow. really, I know that, I know that, I know that from the way you engage, because you can see where people are giving information only because they are selling. And you mm -hmm. can see when someone gives information to say, let's educate this person, she might just mm -hmm. need it another day they will remember my name and come back to it and i i I'm, I'm, i i feel like that's that's the sort of engagement i've had with you so christian what do you wish you had known or done before before embarking on um on your job as a consultant for <laughs> for financing commercial properties or as a property investor what do you wish you had known as financing consultant, I learned a couple of valuable lessons just in terms of how to approach my own finances and how okay. to uh, just reorganize things. But uh, in the property investment journey, I, my biggest regret was that I did not get myself properly educated up front because I no. feel like I've been way, way further ahead had I, because I, I bought my first property at age 24. And it was wow. a blind approach, a little bit almost under force and threat. <laughs> but uh, I'm thankful for that because that kickstarted me into my journey. But okay. I would have preferred to have had a little bit more insight and knowledge at that point in time because I think it would have made a couple of things a lot easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, what do you think you still need to learn in property, especially around? commercial property financing 
Yeah, from the financing side of things, uh, I feel there's many an opportunity to learn, and that's just by means of the variety of types of transactions. So for, for the last uh, couple of months, I've been finding myself becoming more and more interested in agriculture and wow, having a look wow. at farming activities and so forth, type of cooperative okay. farmings and seeing if we uh, uh, can uh, finance anything like that. Uh, so okay. I've, I've got a lot to learn still in that specific field. Yeah. Uh, but on the, the commercial property financing side of things, uh, I think I've got the requisite knowledge to uh, perform and deliver okay. and to also yeah. assess a deal for myself. Uh, well yeah. enough to to uh, to miss a couple of uh, potential pitfalls, and or rather okay. avoid them, not miss them. <laughs> okay. Wow. Avoid. wow! Yeah, that's such a that's such an interesting thing. Agribusiness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the last question, Christian: What property resource would you like to share with our listeners um, in terms of a book, a podcast, or YouTube? What is your to resource and would you like to share it here yeah so uh, i mentioned tim ferris's uh, podcast i'm quite fond of that so it, it's not property related but in terms yeah. of uh, mental development mindset I feel it's it's wonderful uh, i like it too and love I, another, I love I love it, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a, uh, another um, a local guy's book that, that I also really enjoy, and that's uh, uh, written by Alex Duby, uh, Pay No Tax, Get More Money, The Whole Spiral oh, wow. of Wealth Creation. That's, that's right. quite a good read. Wow. And, yeah, that's uh, the first uh, or most important ones that jump to yeah. mind. Okay. Mm, Never heard of nice. Alex Dube. Let's get him. Oh my goodness. What? Yeah. That is good. Um, Christian, I'm full. And thank you again for doing this. I think this is my third time that I've had a sit down with you and um, the coffee is always nice. <laughs> and I always <laughs> come away. <laughs> I always come away more educated so thank you for this and good luck yeah. in your job thank oh, thank you yeah. so much thank you christian so, how do people get hold of you before you run off how do people reach out to you i'm sure people are like i need this guy on my team's stat right now. how do they so, get hold of you uh, <laughs> the best way to get hold of me would be by, by email so it's just okay. christian at at 360fin.com so mm-hmm. double at and Christian uh, with a double uh, A. Uh, yeah, Christian yeah. with a double A. And uh, it's Christian at sign then at360fin.com. Okay. And then I'm fairly responsive and active and quick on reply on WhatsApp as well. So yeah. you're and what's your WhatsApp number? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 082 854 Aha. Love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so thank you so much, Christian. Thank you, Misa. Thank you, Property Magicians, for listening in. We will have another show for you in another week. So this show is coming right before Christmas. Christmas. And then we have our we'll have our usual Christmas show after Christmas. We have to decide what we're doing. <laughs> Because Christmas is on Friday, so 
um, this show comes out Tuesday and then we'll come out with the um, with our Christmas show after then. So we're looking forward to that. So if you don't hear from us before Christmas, Merry Christmas and thank you for being on board on the property journey with us throughout 2020. Any last words, Lisa? I have, you've, had, you've taken the words out of my mouth, Van. Uh, Merry Christmas and I hope people have a safe time, COVID safe time and road mm. tripping safe time because these mm. are very challenging times and we are going to keep you warm with our podcast if you stay home listen and go back to our previous to our previous podcast but we'll we'll continue to deliver good shows like this one thank you yeah thank yes. you guys merry christmas okay thank you for listening property magicians my name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as vangile makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.